Well, good morning again. It's so good to have you with us today in our worship assembly. I appreciate the songs that Ryan has led. And, and uh, Ryan, you, uh, you steal whatever you want. You, you, <laughs> there's nothing that's original. We're, we're all taking it from our Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, this very lesson this morning is uh, stolen, appropriated from a good brother, now deceased in Nashville, Tennessee, named Ken Green from, uh, oh, about 10 or 15 years ago. We would always attend that congregation in Nashville when we would visit there. And uh, hopefully it's appropriate for our lesson this morning because uh, it is important, as, as we've talked about and sung and Brother Robert has told us, that we really focus on what really is important the things that really matter. And so this lesson is really a contrast. And the things I'm going to talk about are not bad, they're not evil in and of themselves, but we need to focus on in these things what really is important, even when we're talking about other things. Because life is a school. We're learning as we live, and we're focusing on various things, various choices. And in the Bible, in Psalm 1, we have a nice contrast in the first few verses, the first four verses of that psalm. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields a fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Now, given that contrast, I'm sure all of us would rather be like that tree firmly planted by the water than the chaff that is driven away. And as we said, life is a school. And there are many people who are competing for our heart. There are many people who want to teach us and guide us and lead us in a certain way. Life, time itself is a teacher. But Psalm 1 talks about these ungodly teachers, these ungodly counselors. And we see those kinds of people all the time. And you know, it is sometimes said that experience is the greatest teacher of all. Well, let me tell you, it may be true, but it's also the most expensive teacher of all. And if we can learn from the master teacher, if we can learn from what Jesus has given us in his word, we can avoid the mistakes. We can make the right choices, make the right focus and then have a prosperous life, a prosperous life, and a life that endures to eternal life. As Nicodemus said to Jesus in John 3 that we're studying in our Sunday morning Bible class, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs unless God is with him. So let's talk about the things that really matter. You know, People, people have lists of things that matter to them. And maybe at the top of the list is long life. I want to live a long life. 
And I, I mean, isn't that at the top of all of it? I know it's at the top of mine because now that I'm a senior citizen like Jeff is, <laughs> living a long life is really as important. I've got to keep up with Jeff. He's 10 years in front of me, and so I see the path. All of us want to live a long life. And you know, but is that really the most important thing? You know, Methuselah, Noah's grandfather, lived a long life. In fact, his age, his time on this earth is recorded for us in the book of Genesis, in chapter 5, as being 969 years old. But you know what? Methuselah is not mentioned anymore at all in the Bible. In fact, if you do a little bit of calculation and go back, go forward a few pages, uh, chapters in the book of Genesis, you're going to find that Methuselah died in the flood. I don't know if he was killed in the flood or if he died the year of the flood, but it really doesn't matter, does it? Because what that tells us then is Methuselah, Noah's grandfather, was not a very godly man. And so... Is long life what really matters? Is that what really matters? Or is there something else that really matters that is more important than that? And I think it is. I think it's not just long life that is important, but it's the quality of life that we lead that is really important. Jesus, he only lived 33 years, but yet, he changed the world in just three years' time. Just three years' time. He changed the way all of us live. He changed the way all of us think. He changed the way that all of us view life and view those things that are really important. He changed our view of eternal life and eternal things. And so I would submit to you that long life is important. But it's not that important. What's really important, what really matters, is the quality of life that we are going to live. The apostle Peter told Cornelius that Jesus went about doing good and healing all of those who were oppressed by the devil. That is the life that Jesus led. So who made the greater impact? Was the greater impact made by Jesus, who lived only 33 years? Or was it made by Methuselah, who lived 969 years? Who lived the better life? And of course, I would submit to you that it was Jesus who lived the better life. So a lot of people want long life, but of course, we want good health too, don't we? And so that's why we go to the gym. That's why we get on the treadmill. That's why we pump the iron. That's why we lift those weights. That's why we get that physical trainer. Because we not only want to live a long life, but we want to live a good life. A physical, a life that's, that has physical well-being. We can do the things that we want to do. And even the Bible says, even the Bible says that physical training is of some value. But is it what matters most? Is that what really matters the most? I would submit to you that it's not just physical health that, it's, that it is important, but it is the health 
of our souls that the Bible teaches us is most important. That really matters the most. The Apostle John says, Behold, beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. And so, sure, we want a long life. Yes, we want good health. But are we thinking about the health of our souls? Because that's what really matters. You know, Jesus said, what does a man gain if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? Our soul is what is really the most important because it's our soul that will last forever, forever and forever. So things that people want are long life. They want good health. But you know, if I've got all that long life and I've got all that good wealth, I, I want some wealth to go with it. I, I want to be able to do the things that I want to do. I want to be able to go where I want to go. And I want to be able to live a healthy life and a good life. I want to live in a nice home and I want to be able to drive a nice car and I want to be able to shower my family with gifts. And you know what? The Bible says, that's a good thing. Bible says that Abraham, our father in the faith, Abraham was a very rich man. You know, the Bible does not say that money is the root of all evil. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil, right? In 1 Timothy 6. So it's not money in and of itself that's evil. It's the love of money that is evil. And so this is, this is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Long life, a healthy life, money, wealth, to do the things that we want to do. But is that what's really important? Because you know what the Bible tells us? The Bible tells us that all of this earthly wealth is going to be burned up. As Brother Green used to say, it's going to be cast on the far. <laughs> Good Southern guy. It's going to be thrown on the fire. The day of the Lord will come. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. You know, it's estimated that the world is worth many trillions of dollars. You know, Jesus said, what if you gain a piece of the world and you lose your soul. You know, none, none of us are going to be worth trillions of dollars ever. But what does the Lord see all of this worth? What does God see the value in all of this? What's going to happen to all of this money, this wealth, these improvements? They're all going to be burned up. And so these are not the true riches. This is not true wealth. Yes, we want long life, a quality of life. We want health to our souls, but we want, to, we want to pursue true wealth, the things that are really wealthy. And Jesus tells us this. If you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not 
If you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? There is a true wealth, an eternal wealth, a heavenly wealth, eternal life, and all that is going to go with it. That it is of so much greater value than the world's wealth that we see today. But of course, how we view these things and how we handle these things, how we conduct ourselves here in this life is a determinant as to whether or not we will find the true wealth that exists in the life to come. Here's a verse of scripture that I really like and I use quite often to help us to have the right opinions about wealth. It's found in Proverbs, the 30th chapter in verses seven through nine. I ask you two things. I ask you two things, Lord, don't refuse me before I die. Keep me from lying and being dishonest. I don't, and don't make me either rich or poor. Just give me enough food for each day. If I have too much, I might reject you and say, I don't know the Lord. If I am poor, I might steal and disgrace the name of my God. This world's goods are not evil in and of themselves. They're good to have. God gives us great wealth in this country. But it's important that we focus on the greater wealth, the true wealth that Jesus is offering to us. So yes, we want long life. Yes, we want physical health. Yes, we want earthly wealth. And people are also oftentimes worried about the opinions of men. Sometimes we call it peer pressure, right? Especially with young people. We worry about what people think of us. Well, here's what the Apostle Paul said about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 3 and 4. Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of one that one be found trustworthy. Now see that. That skipped over, didn't it? But that's what Paul said. It is important that we be found trustworthy. And so the opinions of people are important. But what's really important? What's really important is the approval of the Lord. That's what's most important. That's what really matters the most, isn't it? Not the opinions of men, but the approval of God. And this is what Paul then went on to say in the very next verse. But to me, it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even examine myself for I am conscious of nothing against myself. Yet I am not by this acquitted, but the one who examines me is the Lord. We talked in our Bible class about God giving judgment to the son and the words that he speaks are what's going to judge us in the last day. And so if we're going to be concerned about opinions, if we're going to be concerned about what other people think, what is the person that we need to be concerned about? Whose opinions do we need to worry about, be concerned about? It's the Lord's opinions. It's his opinion that we need to worry about. It's his opinion that we need to be concerned with. And so, yes, people want a long life. They want good health, they want earthly wealth, they want to be thought of well by other people. 
But what's most important is the quality of life that we live, that we live, the health of our souls, the true wealth that we are working toward, and the approval of our Lord. But you know, another thing that people want a lot of in this world is happiness, comfort, and happiness. In fact, our very founding documents, the Declaration of Independence, includes within it the phrase, the pursuit of happiness. And you know what? That's a good thing. It's good to be happy. And it's good to pursue happiness. And you know what? I was raised on a 55-acre farm. And when we think about happiness and comfort, there is a picture of that happiness and contentment and comfort that I recall very fondly. I remember it very, very well. Because at our house, we used to keep a bucket out on the back porch, off the back door. And it's where we would keep all of our scraps. And once a day, we would take that big old bucket. There's a few of you that have done that, right? You've, you've been there, done that, right? And we would take that bucket and we would dump it in a big trough. And the pigs would have a feeding frenzy. And at the end of it, they would lay down in the mud. And oh man, I've never seen a better picture of contentment and happiness than that photo right there. Is that what, is that what life's all about? Is that what matters most? Well, you know it's not. Of course not. That's not what matters most. What matters is not happiness and contentment in this way, but it is serving the Lord. We don't want to just serve ourselves, but we want to serve God and our fellow man. We need to become a servant. You know, Jesus' own disciples fought with one another on occasion about who the greatest was going to be, who was going to, who, who was going to run the show, who's going to dictate things. And so they came to Capernaum and he asked his disciples, what are you arguing about? Wouldn't answer him because on the road they had been arguing among themselves. They, they saw themselves how childish it was. Once they were confronted with it, they knew how childish they had been, and so they didn't want an answer. They did not want to answer Jesus. So he simply said to them, whoever wants to be first must place himself last of all and be the servant of all. Now, let me tell you something. Rick knows this. Jay knows this. If you want to be great, if you want to be first, if you want to be successful in business and in life, focus on serving, right? You focus on your product. What is the product? And is it meeting the needs of the people you are serving? Don't worry about how much money you're making. Don't worry about the price. Obviously, you've got to have a sharp pencil when you do business. But the focus, what's really important, is being a servant to God and a servant to our fellow man. So all of these things have value, long life, physical health, earthly wealth, opinions of men, comfort and happiness. But what 
is the really important thing. What matters the most is the quality of our lives, the health of our souls, true wealth, eternal wealth, the approval of our Lord and how we serve our fellow man and our God. And so now that we've laid out the things that really matter, what matters most, let's focus for just a moment on doing the things that really matter, doing the stuff that really matters. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for me will find it. Lose your life. Whatever your life has been up to now, lose your life. Reaffirm it or recommit to it. Commit to it. Lose your life in a cause. The cause of saving the world for Jesus Christ. You see, so you see all of these people marching in the streets. You see hundreds of thousands of people marching for this issue or for that issue or for this cause or that cause. All of which are unimportant. They're totally unimportant. Lose yourself in the cause of saving the world for Jesus Christ. Christ. Feed your souls. Do not work for the food that spoils, Jesus said in John 6 and verse 27, but work for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of God, which the Son of Man will give to you, and on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Feed your souls and build true wealth. Build lasting wealth. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said in Matthew 6, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Seek God's approval. Seek the approval of God and not the approval of men. Tell man, tell man, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you want me to do. I am going to seek the Lord's approval because one day he's going to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And finally, be a servant. Commit your life to serving others through Jesus Christ. For you are called to freedom, the Apostle Paul says. Don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. So I've presented a challenge. I've presented a contrast that the Bible lays out for us, that Jesus lays out for us. Long life, Versus the quality of our lives. Physical health versus the health of our souls. Earthly wealth versus wealth that is eternal and true. The opinions of men versus the approval of God. Comfort and happiness versus serving God and our fellow man.